Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup Podcast. My name is Joe Glover and today we're going to be hearing from Mike Blake Rawford, who is the Strategy Director at Social Chain. Now, if you know anything about the agency scene in the marketing world right now, you know that Social Chain are one of the most important agencies in the entirety of the UK and are absolutely flying. They very recently went public and they're just doing some incredible stuff. They're under the guidance of Katie Leeson and Stephen Bartlett, who you may well have heard of already because his personal brand in particular is really, really strong uh, and he's ridiculously young, ridiculously talented, but just done so, so well. They're a really, really impressive company. So if you don't know about Social Chain, check them out because you'll be impressed. In any case, we're going to be hearing from Mike today, who's been one of the team for quite a while now, and he's really seen the company grow from not much to something really significant and you know been a really important part of that journey in this talk he speaks about how business as usual is dead now i'm not a big fan of saying things are dead but by the end of this talk you'll understand why that's a relevant thing to say and how in a very sort of captivating intelligent witty way mike gets his point across but also convinces you completely to go out there and do something creative do something different and look at the world a little bit differently. It's one of those talks that leaves you really hyped up and ready to attack the world just a little bit in the most lovely way possible. Before we hear the talk, I wanna say a big thanks to Baz who puts together these podcasts for us, but he's also a brilliant creative director. He sits in the middle of a creative solution and results so that he doesn't just provide one or the other, he provides results with his creativity, which is something that is often lacking But once you've worked with Baz, you know entirely the value of creativity because you can see it on your spreadsheet. You can see the results that you're driving as a result of working with Baz. If you want to know more about him, head to bravomarketing.co.uk. We've also got a big thanks to make to Sam from Columba. He sits in the middle of agencies and clients and matches them. It's as simple as that. However, the difference that Sam does is that he just takes the time, understands the client, understands the agency and make sure that they're a good fit. It sounds simple, but can you imagine the amount of time that people spend trying to find the right agency when really they could work with someone like Sam, find the right agency and start flying more or less straight away. That's the service he provides. Well worth the money, well worth the time. Check him out. Columba, we love you. We're really grateful for your support. And it's as simple as that. So, Without further ado, let me introduce Mike Blake Crawford. Enjoy. Right, so influencer fraud. Um, I'm the only fraud that I'll be speaking about tonight because I've actually had to change topic at the last minute due to a technical issue. So the topic of today's talk is BAU is dead and long live the king. Um, I'm Mike Blake Crawford, I'm a man on a mission. I'm on a mission to make content great again. Um, My day job though sees me be the strategy director of Social Chain. We're a global social media agency. We're based in Manchester, just around the corner, but we've got offices in London, New York, Berlin and Munich, and soon to be opening in LA. Um, No prizes for guessing which transfer requests I've put in. Um, We work with some fantastic brands, ranging from Adidas to Amazon, Coca-Cola and Nokia. Um, and as a result, we get a lot of press, and a lot of that press focuses on the age of the business, only five years old, but also the age of the staff, um, average age of 21, as the Times has pointed out here, which might seem quite strange with me on stage, um, but when you see the guys back at the office, 
begins to make sense how this is maintained. Um, and I'm here today to say that BAU is dead. Yeah, it's dead. We're going to stick the knife in, we're going to kill it, um, and long live the king. Well, who or what is the king, I hear you ask? Well, it's certainly not me. Um, it's probably not going to be him. Um, it should have been him, but just like Bran, the end of Game of Thrones was broken. I'm still not over it. Um, but the first thing I'm going to answer is, is what the fuck is BAU? Because I saw it run through a couple of you at your faces there. Well, BAU, it stands for Business as Usual, aka All Year Round, aka Always On. And what it is, it's, it's a delivery framework. Anybody here work in social media? A couple of people, right? Well, it's the guys that I work with, of course. Um, it's, a social, it's a delivery framework for social media, and it basically says that, you know, if, you, if you're to proceed with a social media strategy, you've got to post a, a minimum of three times per week on Facebook, um, a maximum of 10 times per week on Instagram. Um, there's no maximum on Twitter. You could post like 10,000 times a day, and apparently that will be okay. Um, and it's based on theory, so it's actually in the textbooks. It's based on always on marketing theory. So it's in the textbooks, and what it says um, is that we've moved away from traditional cyclical-based marketing across to this social-driven marketing which is always on, and apparently, looking at this chart here, um, it just results in an increase in your advocacy base, an increase in the platform or service. Um, you can still do a campaign and everything's okay. Everything's just going up. It's all going up, so why aren't we all doing it? Well, it's just a theory, and I thought, who better to introduce theories than this guy, because he had a few, Albert Einstein, including the theory of the eternal universe. So in 1919, um, Albert Einstein had the theory of the eternal view. The universe, it was fixed. The universe was fixed and eternal. wasn't moving. It had been there um, for all of history. But it was in 1929 that Edward Hubble, um, with his telescope, actually discovered that the universe was in motion. Stars were moving away from us with redshift. And, and actually, Einstein was wrong. It was known as Einstein's biggest blunder. Um, but it's not the only theories have been disproven in recent times. So Steven Spielberg and Hollywood did make you believe that dinosaurs look like this. But recent science has uncovered that 95% of dinosaurs had feathers. Um, so T-Rex look less like this and, and more like this. Uh, um, yeah, slightly less menacing and somewhat ridiculous. Um, in classical Greece, people used to think that the Earth was flat. Mental. Fast forward to 2020. Um, People still think the Earth is flat, but you get where I'm going with this. Um, theories are just theories, but I've got a theory. Um, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up to help me prove this theory. Um, appreciate you've all had a pizza and a couple of beers, but um, it's going to get everybody focused for the latter half of this song. You will get to sit down again. Um, I've got to stand up the whole time, so you, you get the idea. So I've got a few questions that I'm going to ask, um, and you can sit down depending on your answer to them. Um, the first thing I'm going to say is sit down if you don't consider yourself a millennial. Interesting. Why, why was it easy? Someone said it was easy. Why, why was it easy? So it's an age thing. Yeah, it's an age thing. I think it's really interesting as marketers how you know we're so fixated on these these groups, these um, buckets that we put people in. I mean, I'm I'm 33, soon to fall out of that 18 to 34 year old demographic and I do wonder um, when I wake up on my 35th birthday am I suddenly going to start liking different brands and different things um, we'll soon see um, sit down if you don't have a Facebook account you just said you worked in social media <laughs> you've also got tinfoil hats and no, 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 I, listen, I, I get it I'm, I'm close to, to getting off Facebook as well um, Sit down if Facebook or Instagram weren't the first two apps that you opened on your smartphone when you woke up this morning. 
There's a few of it, few are still stood up. Right, okay, so you guys, you guys are social media addicts. Yeah, you, you can't cope without one more like, one more swipe, one more story before bed. Um, sit down if you don't remember the last five pieces of branded content that you saw on social media. I'm going to make you name every single... Ah, okay. <laughs> you get the idea. There's always a couple of people that stay stood up and I just think, come on then, let's, let's go through the last five. Okay, so you get the idea. The reason why is because there's just so much content, yeah? There's an absolute fuck ton of content. We're all suffering from content overload. In 2020, the average internet user is a member of eight social networks. They multi-screen up to five screens per day, and they're exposed to over 4,000 adverts. That's across all media, not just social media, um, apart from a couple of guys that were still stood up towards the end. Um, social media has become the proverbial digital times square. We don't know where to turn for sponsored ads, for influencer marketing, um, for branded content. Um, but even though time spent on social media is at an all-time high, as a result of negative press and scandal, what we're starting to see is that people are following brands less. They're switching off. There's a decline in engagement. There's a decline in organic reach. And in fact, and I think this is really important, consumers are actively limiting the time that they are spending on digital devices. I had a quick gander at Google Trends. Um, I put in digital detox as a search term for worldwide, and it's really interesting to see that this absolutely skyrocketed after 2013 as we started to reach that peak social saturation. These are warning signals, right? Warning signals. Have you ever scratched yourself so much it started to bleed? It's a warning signal to stop. Despite this, we're still creating five petabytes of data every day on Facebook alone. What the fuck is a petabyte? So you must have your breath. Well, 50 petabytes is enough to encompass the entire written works of mankind from the beginning of recorded history in every single language. And we're creating that on 10, in 10 days just on Facebook alone. But rather than the great literary works of Plato, William Shakespeare, and Leo Tolstoy, what we're actually creating is shit like this. <laughs> McWinnie sausages. When it comes to a delicious McWinnie sausage hot dog, which team do you choose? Team ketchup or team mustard? Hashtag chip shop. Hashtag quality you can trust. Um, I don't want to leave tonight without sharing this one with you guys. For all the latest hashtag Hoover news, top tips and exclusive competitions, follow the team at Hoover UK. So get, get yourselves in there, guys. Get your fans out. Follow. Um, and I love this one. A dead celebrity tweet. Morning all. A year ago today, we lost a pop icon, David Bowie. Time flies, don't it? But we're here until 10 p.m. if you need anything. Thanks, Paul. Hashtag RIPDB. And I feel really sorry for Paul. Because Paul has seen this, and he thinks, shit, I've got to post five times per day on, on Twitter. Um, as a result, as the quantity goes up, the quality inevitably comes down. And all those examples were from Twitter. But it's not just Twitter. Um, this is Facebook, and this is Stabler Pens, of all people. And this is the Stabler Sat competition time. Woo! I get too excited. Um, I love this one. This is Netmums and Aldi. For a chance to score one of five Moses baskets, simply tell us which square the Aldi logo is hiding in. Hiding? <laughs> I'm not too sure on that one. 
And, um, <laughs> interesting, social media has become very culturally relevant from a brand perspective. You know, you look at the type of content that's shared um, by us, and it's all, you know, it's meme-based content, it's relatable humour, um, it's stuff like Tag the Friend. Um, so Dulux UK wanted to get on board with the youth, you know, Tag the Friend with the overexcited dog. Oh. Okay, Jonathan, you and your overexcited hound. Well, anyway, guys, you get the idea. This type of content is boring and underwhelming, and together we can make it stop. Data will save us, ROI will come to the rescue. Um, and to illustrate that, I've got an example with Hagenars. So we worked with Hagenars at Social Chain about a year or so back now. Um, really fantastic campaign. You can see some of the content on our Instagram feed. Um, after we finished that campaign, the, the head of marketing for Europe rung me up and she said, Mike, can you help us with our Instagram strategy? And I said, oh, of course, yeah, fucking love ice cream, sign me up. And she said, well, one thing we want to know, we know we've got all these Instagram accounts, we're posting, you know, what should we be doing? So I said, well, leave it with me, I'll have a look. Um, and when I had a look, let me tell you, they absolutely love the BAU, they love it. They've got over 30 local market Instagram accounts. They're posting between three and five times per week on these accounts. And I said to her, this has got to stop. And she said, why was it? Come on, I'm going to illustrate it for you. Let's have a look at Hagen Nas Portugal. So Hagen Nas Portugal, they've got 768 Instagram followers. It's like, to me. Um, they post three times per week on average. Um, they get 30 likes per post. They get zero comments. Nobody's got anything to say about ice cream in Portugal, it seems. Um, and as a result of posting so much, their creative is all over the place. It's shit. Um, so I said to her, you know, you've got to understand what the, what value this page provides. So I worked out that you know roughly 169 people will see each post based on the average organic reach ratio. Um, we get 30 interactions per post. So when you discount for duplicates in the reach and a um, bit of additional virality that they get, they reach roughly 300 people per week. Um, that equates to around five hours of management time, of content planning, content management, doing the reporting, making the calls, all that kind of stuff. And that equates to 70 euros per week on wages. Now, if you were to translate that into a CPM, a cost of media per thousand, 350 euros. To put that into perspective, the Super Bowl last week, the week before, most expensive advertising slot in the world, $5 million is a minimum entry point for a 30-second CV ad, but you get 110 million impressions, and it's still an exorbitant CPM of $45, yet hagen Portugal were willing to spend 10 times that to reach 300 people on the Algarve. Why are you doing this, right? She said, brand engagement, Mike. I said, engagement is not a strategy. Engagement's a tool, and it's a tool that helps facilitate real business objectives. Engagement is not an indicator of success. And to illustrate that, I've got two examples. It say it did say dad jokes. Um, nobody got that one. But anyway, um, the first one, Monarch Airlines. So Monarch Airlines, fantastic Facebook page, loads of engagement. They got like 1,700 likes on that one. Um, they do all of the BAU stuff. They tick the boxes. They've got Throwback Thursday, Friday Fly Day. But as we all know. Um, Monarch Airlines went into receivership two years ago, they went bust, so all of that engagement um, did absolutely nothing for their business results. On the flip side, Apple, great company, their brand value over time has absolutely skyrocketed and their, in fact their stock market valuation in 2018 hit one trillion dollars, that number doesn't even look real, it's like someone fell asleep on their laptop on the zero. 
Um, a lot of people say, well, how did it get there? And I love to interject and say, well, they certainly didn't get there with social media engagement. A surprise to a lot of people. Um, Apple, they've got two million followers on Twitter. They've never tweeted. Um, they've got a Facebook page, but they've got 12 million likes now. They've only got three posts on there. When I first wrote this segment, um, they had zero posts, but they decided to post something for the launch of the iPhone XS. Um, they've got no BAU. Um, they have no engagement, but they've got this, yeah, and that's what matters. And it's not to say that they don't use social media because they do. Uh, they just use it in a really smart way. They, you know, they're very tactical with it. So when they launch a new phone, they typically buy up all of the advertising space on Twitter, promote hashtag, promote videos, all that kind of jazz. Uh, but it's clear there's a disconnect between engagement and business results. Um, I've been working with Superdrive for the past three or four years, great client, love working with them. When we first started working with them, had a look at their Facebook page, um, they're posting 50 times per month on average. I said, guys, this has got to stop, usual thing. And we actually came in here, so you can see this is Social Bakers um, reporting tool that we use, and uh, you can see where we reduced the amount of posts on Facebook that they were putting out each month. Um, this was the year later, we got them down to an average of 30, so a reduction of 40%, but in that time, um, their revenue jumped by 50% on social media because engagement is not linked to business results. Um, Lush Cosmetics, a lot of news came out um, last year about Lush Cosmetics quitting social media, so they didn't just stop the BAU, they stopped the whole bloody thing. Um, loads of people run me up and said, oh Mike, what do you think about this? And um, I said, well, one thing, you know, potentially a bit of a PR move because they, they did swing to a £4 million loss just a week before they released that news, not to say that their business is struggling at all, they're doing fantastically well. Um, but what they actually said in their press release was that we don't want to fight algorithms anymore. And the other thing that they said was that we don't want to pay to reach you. Um, so I thought, well, I'm going to have a look and see what's going on with their content. And I had a look on Facebook. They're posting 50 times per month. So of course, they don't want to fight algorithms when they're embracing Facebook in the wrong way. And what they were posting was link posts. And anyone that does work in social will understand why, why that's not the right thing to do. Um, they said that they didn't want to pay to reach people anymore. So I had a look at their paid um, performance. Uh, what you'd expect to see if a brand is doing quite well in terms of its paid performance, you'd expect to see an over-index and engagement based off um, the amount of promoted posts. But where Lush are, it's one of the worst I've ever seen. Terrible. So of course they don't want to pay to reach people when your performance is that bad. Um, and I thought, well, hang on a minute. You know, e-commerce company, they've got retail, but you know, they do sell online have a look at their Facebook pixel and get an understanding of how they're structuring that and how the e-commerce is working. They didn't even have a Facebook pixel. My mum always used to say to me, she used to say, Mike, if you're not going to do something properly, don't bother doing it at all. So with Lush, I always say good riddance. Yeah? So what's the way forward? Okay, We've highlighted what's wrong. Um, all hail the king. You remember that from the very start? Um, it's one of those bullshit marketing acronyms that I just fucking love to make them up. Um, and it stands for... Killer creative, intelligent distribution, native execution. It's funny everyone gets their bones out. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah, native execution, goal oriented. Um, the first one, killer creative. What does that mean? No, we're not going to kill anyone. Um, it's basically, I'm a massive fan of Seth Godin. Um, I do love his books. Uh, he's got a new one, which is really, really good. But the, one of the first ones was um, Purple Cow. And basically, the key takeout from that, he talks about his drive um, into work, and you know, he talks about driving through a field full of cows, and you know, you do that week after week, and the cows become wallpaper. You don't even see them anymore um, until one day 
you see a purple cow and you stop the car, you get out, you selfie on Instagram, you're like, there's a purple cow. Um, clearly it doesn't work in Manchester, by the way. I mean, I don't see any cows on the way to work, but um, the key takeout is um, be genuine, be remarkable and be worth connecting with. And another thing that he says is that if it scares you, it might be a good thing to try. And that's something that's really stuck with me throughout my career. Um, so when we first started working with Superdry, um, one of the things they wanted to do was to start reaching a, a younger audience. And I'd seen this insight that said, um, Gen Z, they, you know, they want to be entertained, they don't want to go on social to catch up with friends. Um, so with that in mind, um, our first campaign, oh, intelligent distribution and targeting um, and this one I have brought a little bit of influencers in here so if anyone did come to, to find out about influencer marketing um, you've got like 30 seconds in this next segment here if we get there perfect cool back to it um, I've seen this insight and this insight said that influencers beat direct brand interaction for Gen Z um, so with that in mind, I'm going to introduce you to Emma. Um, this is Emma. Um, Emma lives the dream of many. She's paid to travel the world and share her story. And she gets to do this. She gets to live this dream because she has an audience that loves to see the world through her eyes. And Emma, she's an influencer. And this is Emma's favorite hotel. So this is the St. Pancras Renaissance Hotel in London. Um, I mean, look how candid she looks, how happy she is on the bed um, with a book that she's got no intention of reading. Um, but that's a favourite hotel, and in fact, I was down in London the other night and I walked past the Renaissance. Absolutely beautiful. They've got a little bar in the, in the entrance you can go in, so do recommend it. It is fantastic. Um, but so I was like, yeah, that's, that's Emma's favourite hotel. But four weeks later, um, she then finds herself at the South Place Hotel. This is now her favourite hotel. So she looks. She looks even happy, she's actually smiling in this one. Um, but then two weeks after that, she's now in the Cotswolds, and this is now her favorite hotel. Um, then she's at the Shangri-La, um, then she's back to the South Place Hotel, she's back to the Cotswolds, this is now her favorite. Um, now it's the Mayfair Hotel's her favorite. You know, which one is her favorite? Does anybody here believe Emma? You don't believe Emma. Look at the smile on your face. You don't believe Emma at all. Why should her audience? That's the question. Consumer trust in what influencers say sits at just 4%. Yet 35% of people believe in aliens and 16% of people believe in Bigfoot. So get those guys to do your campaigns. That's the take out. Trust is the biggest challenge in influencer marketing today. Um, but influencers, they're not just individuals. Um, you know, we've, we've come into a landscape now 
where the media landscape has been completely disrupted. And what we've seen, this is a, a breakdown of um, tubular metrics for the guys at the back of the data team from Social Chain. Um, and what you're seeing here is basically views on social media attributed to publishers. And you've got like Fox Corporation, Hearst, Warner Media, all these big established names, and they're like middle of the road. And the guys at the top, um, it's Lab Bible based in Manchester, it's Social Chain based in Manchester, um, Jungle Creations who are down in Shoreditch. It's these social first publishers that have now superseded these traditional publishers and they hold a lot of authority and a lot of influence. So with that in mind, when we get a brief from Iceland and a brief from Holland and Barrett to reach students, um, rather than doing that from their own accounts, we decided to use publisher accounts and through using publisher accounts we created these um, social first meme pieces of content, um, very humorous, shareable pieces of content um, that work very well for you. See, you've, you've read them, they are quite funny, aren't they? Um, but fun story, got called down to Holland and Barrett's main office down in Nuneaton and they said, Mike, we want to talk about those memes. Of course, it's going to be about um, Holden and Barrett. They absolutely love data, and uh, they said, "Well, we've you know we've done some analysis on that campaign that you ran with the memes." It's like, oh God, please be good. Um, basically, they've done some econometric modelling, um, and when they did that and they analysed the performance of the campaign that we ran last year versus the one before, um, they deduced that we'd actually delivered a six times offline ROI off the back of that campaign on social. Um, it was an e-commerce focused campaign, we had a link to website, UTM code, all that kind of stuff, um, but it actually drove people to go into store and purchase, and when they looked at the data, um, there had been an over-index in male-focused product, products, so we'd actually shifted the audience from what they typically would see, and that was reflected in the audience data from the campaign. Um, next one is native execution. We've seen this um, stat that said 98% of 16 to 24-year-olds use messaging apps. We thought, right, well, let's use messaging apps. Um, we did a campaign with Holland and Barrett for the January 2019, um, and we basically did it on WhatsApp. So we created a, a bulletin through WhatsApp, which allowed us to, to reach users at scale through, through the messaging app, and we had 5,000 signups in the first 15 days, and anyone who works in email marketing, um, I bet you love an 85% open rate and a click-through rate of 21%, but that's what we got with WhatsApp. Um, and we were able to diversify the approach through custom lists as well, so we could send beauty products information to people that were interested in beauty and um, fitness information to people interested in fitness and so on. Really, really fantastic way of doing it. Um, and finally, being goal-oriented. Um, we've been working with Butcher's Pet Food. Uh, they had a new campaign. They were, we want to use social media. They never used it before. They came to social chain. Um, and basically, we started off that campaign. And what it was for is basically they rebranded and they've gone to this new sustainable packaging. They were tapping into a new um, modern mindset audience of dog owner. Um, so of course we started the campaign with a meme because you know they do, do seem to work very well. Um, this dog here, um, when he sees plastic packaging, he's very unhappy. But when he sees plastic free packaging, he's very happy. Um, after that, we remarketed to all the people that had seen that video. We then hit them with some um, deeper messaging about the products, the rational elements of the products. And then finally, um, we had an, an instruct phase which basically gave them a voucher which they could redeem in store because we wanted to drive an action and show that this campaign worked in terms of driving people into store to purchase uh, and it worked very, very well. Um, so what's the takeout? The takeout is BAU leads to boring and underwhelming content, it's shit. Brands need to slow down, frequency has no impact in an algorithmic world. Um, think purple cow if you're creative, be smart with distribution. 
Um, young people are not engaging with brands, they follow influencers. Native execution doesn't just mean creative, we're not just talking about dimensions and formats, um, we're talking about behavior. Uh, and, but ultimately, be purposeful in your approach. Thank you for listening, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Sorry it wasn't about influencers, but hopefully it was just as insightful. Right. Thank you.